For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another episode of the Walking Out Podcast. Super hyped for my guest today. OG friend of the show. Some may say one of the first uh, players I've ever interviewed almost a year ago to the day, I would imagine. Pretty close to a year. Uh, of course, I'm talking to Brandon Kennard of the Milwaukee Brewers. He was uh, signed as an, un- as an undrafted free agent back in 2020. Brandon, how you doing, man? Good. Good. Glad to be back on. Yeah, I think it's been, I think it's been about a year. Almost exactly. So it's probably yeah, around so- there. Yeah, so the last time we were talking, you were training in Florida. You were heading, getting ready to head over to uh, Instructs and all that. We were talking about your experience that you're going to have in Wisconsin. Um, how has that been so far? I know you played a little bit of in Wisconsin. How have you enjoyed the state of Wisconsin? Yeah, I was fortunate enough to get up there in the in the latter half of the year. Um, it was nice change of pace weather-wise, uh, especially getting up to Wisconsin later in the year. It was um, going from Carolina where it's hot and humid to Wisconsin with 70 degrees. And, um, those games at night at, at the Timber Rattlers ballpark was nice. I mean, it was really, really great environment. Really enjoyed it. Awesome. What have you been up to? What is, uh, what has your off season been like? Um, so this off season has been a little bit different. Uh, the Brewers have me in a, in a velo camp kind of program. So I've been kind of getting back and forth between, uh, Florida and Arizona. So, been in Arizona now for a couple of weeks and I'll be through through spring training. Um, so it's been a little bit different, been a lot more, um, I don't want to say training focused because every off season is training focused, mm-hmm. um, but more central focus, I would say just kind of on improving some mechanical stuff and working on some efficiency in movement and, you know, hoping everything comes together right in about yeah. a month. So yeah, it's coming up soon. It's coming yeah. up soon. Yeah, it's coming so, quick. what exactly are how, how does that? What is a velocity a velo camp like? What is that? What do they do? Um, so, there's a couple different ways to approach it. Um, what I've been mainly doing is a lot of um, weighted balls, weighted ball throwing, um, plyo care ball throwing, um, and then playing around with kind of volume, intensity, workload, routine, trying to find essentially what works for you with all of that. And then kind of the Brewers um, did a really good job of finding mechanical, some some mechanical inefficiencies. I don't mm-hmm. really mean, it's not necessarily an issue, but it's just an inefficiency in movement. Sure, sure. Um, and then kind of translating that into, into some drills and giving me a chance to, to really work on some small little things that hopefully translate translate up the chain. Yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see. Because like you said, spring training is almost here. Um, a lot of the guys that I've talked to so far from the Brewers camp, they're heading over there or uh, getting ready to head over to Arizona. Um, let's take a dive into kind of how you got into baseball. Um, at what point did you start playing baseball? And and at what point did you realize that like, I'm, I'm pretty good at this game? Um, 
I started playing, you know, back in Little League and all uh, up through and all that. And, um, you know, I was more hitter focused, uh, mm-hmm. spent a lot of time in the cage. Um, consequently, I got really good at hitting in a cage and not good at hitting in games. <laughs> um, so that's so that's kind of when you start you start getting on the mound. And then um, I went to a showcase uh, my freshman year and threw pretty hard at the at the showcase. I think it was like 83, 84. Um, and from there, from there just started like really looking into the, really looking into the pitcher path, um, still hitting high school and everything, but it was pretty clear that, that pitching was, was where I wanted, like where my next development was going to be. So Um, you were, you were a position player and a pitcher at what position did you play? I was first. I played first base. Okay. Yeah, so, so that when... was like up through up through high school. Um, okay. Travel on the travel circuit, though, I, I was exclusively pitcher. Wow. Because um, once you start, once I started, you know, competing against guys that were Division One hitters or D two hitters, I was not going to be in that, in that boat. <laughs> I can get them out. I can get yeah, them out. Yeah. But, um, and you did. You were a really good uh, high school pitcher. Um, you were, I think, what the third ranked left hander uh, in your in your state um, at at the school that you went to. Actually, you transfer schools. So, talk to me. What went into the into the decision of transferring high schools? Uh, it was just family situation. Okay. Um, just moved, it wasn't baseball just, related. Yeah, no. We just kind of moved. We just kind of moved across the river. I was quite literally across the river. Um, <laughs> nice. So. And w- w- was that school? Um, was how was the program? How did they compare? I guess the two programs. Uh, yeah, I mean, we had we had two. It was two good baseball programs. Um, the school that I went to, or my high school that I graduated from, um, we had a lot of really good pitchers um, throughout my time there. Um, so it was fun. I like my friend and I um, would always compete for strikeouts and always kind of push each other in practices and throwing and everything mm-hmm. else. So it was really good to have that extra competition to be around. Um, and then, like my senior year, it was nice to to be more of a leader, um, yeah. on that high school team. Obviously, when what year did you um, commit? Because obviously, you went to. We'll talk about the colleges because you went yeah. to several. Um, <laughs> yeah, at what that. point did you? Yeah, at what point did you commit to uh, Notre Dame? I want to say it was the beginning of my junior year um, when I committed Notre Dame. I was I was there after um, it was after the Texas game opening week of. Probably the 2017 season, I think, or 2016 season. Okay. How many other For colleges or, or universities did you did you visit before settling on on Notre Dame? Um, I went on a few different visits. Uh, you know, college wise, those those visits are all are all fun to go on, and it's always yeah. like it's always cool to see different campuses and see everything. Partied um, up with the guys there. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Not necessarily at at that age, but. Um, cause I was, I mean, I, my first visit was probably my freshman year. Oh, um, wow. I visited, no. I visited Pitt. Um, so visiting like Pitt and Penn state, um, Purdue, I, I, I toured a lot of the big, big 10 schools, um, visited some Ivies. Um, and then it kind of just came down to, to, I liked everything about Notre Dame. Um, you know, and obviously whatever, what happened there, <laughs> we'll talk about later. But, yeah. Um, yeah. How many guys from your school were committed um, out of your high school? Where you just have a pretty stacked team? Uh, not, not 
too many. I, I think we had we had three or four guys that were moving on to play college baseball, which for where I was at was a really good was a really good number. Um, we weren't like we weren't stacked or anything. We we had a chance to be really good on a couple of games and, and just, you know, the pitch one pitch just didn't go our way. Yeah. And then and then that's the way that's it is. How it ended. Yeah, my my sophomore year, we actually we lost the championship on a suicide squeeze. Jeez. So, yeah. Were, were you pitching? Or no? Yeah, I was. I was the pitcher on that one with wow. a suicide suicide squeeze with a runner. I I came into the game, um, inherited the runner, I believe, at second, and there might have there might have been a pass ball or something for him to get to third, um, and then he ended ended up. Uh, they won like our league championship on on a suicide squeeze. Wow, that's that's incredible. That's heartbreaking for you incredible for them to, to yeah. be that ballsy on a yeah they, the were, they were pretty game. good they had they had um they had two guys that i don't think they're playing uh in the minors anymore but they were they were in the minor leagues as well um okay. that was that was like my sophomore year of high school it was a really good series yeah absolutely um so you went to notre dame um obviously playing in the acc um how was it going against teams like uh louisville wake forest um north carolina um, a lot of really, really good baseball teams. Did you actually, yeah. did you play against Bennett? Cause I know he was in Louisville. I, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we, I, he was, um, I remember like watching him pitch cause he was, I believe he was Friday night at Louisville mm-hmm. at that point. Okay. Or Louisville, I should say. Yeah. Louisville. Um, but, um, yeah, cause, cause we, cause I talked about that. I, I pitched, I pitched there for like two thirds of an inning, um, and did pretty well. And then, you know the classic freshman lefty reliever role get yanked around mm-hmm. and and um but pitching against and and getting to compete in the ACC was a really good experience um just because you you, you get to this really high level of baseball mm-hmm. and at that point like obviously it's the highest level of baseball that I've ever played um so getting to see all that and experience that as a freshman and then understanding like okay well you know, I'm throwing 87, 88, touching 90 every once in a while. And the Friday night guy is 91, 92. So mm-hmm. you're not that far off. So once you realize, okay, well, so the, so the fr- Friday night guy is on most teams is, is getting drafted and is, and is moving on um, to play professionally for most teams. Mm-hmm. So once you see that, you see these other guys and you, you know, I kind of evaluated where I was at and then, you know, it just motivates you to get, to get better, especially as a freshman seeing, seeing that kind of talent and then realizing that, you know, Hey, that I, I, I see where I'm at now. And like that talent level for me is attainable. And then obviously you start going into minor league games and it's kind of the same process. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Cause you're looking at these guys and like, I can do that too. Or that's not something that it's too hard for me to eventually uh, get to that level. Um, yeah. You- and I, it's, it's sometimes it's not, it's not necessarily, it's not really a confidence thing. I think it's, I think it's just being honest with, with kind of where you're at and where your, where your stuff is relative to, to the competition that you're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that's, that's what the game's all about. That's why there's all the rankings and everything else and all the stats. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of looked at everything objectively my freshman year um, and really saw that like, and then, and then I pitched, I had a chance to pitch against, against our team which our team has, um, I think that team has like five guys in professional baseball right now. Um, which team is this? Notre Dame, my freshman oh, okay. year. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, 
so like even pitching in inner squads to to mm-hmm. guys like um like Matt Beerling with the Phillies or um Nick Podkles with uh, the Blue Jays and like some so getting that experience in inner squads was huge confidence boost especially going into pitch against anybody else mm-hmm. um just simply because our, our if I'm if I'm able to compete you know and win against our guys you know it just it it translates over into the game yeah and and that does breed confidence though because I mean you're pitching against these guys who are you know eventually going to get drafted and you're you're performing well they give you the confidence to go, then go out against other teams uh for other colleges um you didn't pitch much in Notre Dame um it was what what was that just because you were a freshman and you know you had improved yourself um what went into the decision of eventually moving from you know a division one school um to the Juco route yeah so that was a really you know, obviously it's going from Notre Dame to a JUCO level education wise is not, uh, not what anybody would expect. Um, but base baseball wise, um, I really wanted to get down to Florida, um, and start competing in some warm, warm weather and getting the chance to really develop and develop openly. Um, and that's ultimately what made the decision. And, and like, uh, I transferred to College Central Florida, which, um, you know, has taken off. Mm-hmm. They're just, they're one of the best JUCOs in the country. I loved every single one of my teammates that year. Um, I mean, it was a phenomenal year with them. And everything that went into that decision was was back behind just trying to, to say, okay, well, um, let's see how good at baseball I can really get. Mm-hmm. Um, and CF provided me a great opportunity to, to really um, – you know, train and, and get after it and compete there. Um, and with most of that coaching staff now is most of the coaching staff at CF that when I was there is almost all in professional baseball. That's incredible. Um, at some level or another. Yeah. I'm just looking at your numbers, 13 starts, 16 games, um, six and one, 86 strikeouts. You averaged 11.8 Ks per nine innings. Um, you, you performed really well and you obviously got that chance to pitch a lot more um in there or in that in the juco what was the biggest difference because you obviously the acc very um really good facilities um the travel is a lot nicer and then you go to the juco uh, schools where they're smaller they're playing in smaller towns and cities almost similar to the minor leagues really um what was some of the biggest differences that you noticed um from Um, from division one to juco the biggest, one of the biggest differences, um, between like Juco and, and D1 and D2 and, um, having played now at multiple different levels, um, I'm pretty, I feel like I'm pretty qualified <clears throat> to speak on, on different competitions, but, uh, Juco wise, your, your top end guys in Juco and, and, you know, almost every one through nine in Juco or at least one through five has really competitive baseball and really, really competitive kids. And, really good talent um the difference between a juco team and 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 a team in the ace especially a team in the acc is depth um teams in the acc will line up guys out of the bullpen or line up starting rotations you know one one through five deep whereas juco maybe one and two deep or you know mm-hmm. my my cf team had we had a few injuries that really impacted our our chances that year um but we we were built like a d1 team that year uh, we were built, we would have competed against a lot of really good D1 teams, I feel like, that year. Yeah, um, and then obviously you were pitching well. Um, at that point, scouts were watching you pitch again. 
Um, I think the Phillies had contacted you while you were there. Did you did you want to go the draft route, and or why did you end up sticking around for another season, or actually not even sticking around? You transferred again. Um, but how was that process of kind of figuring out what you were going to do next? Um, well, the, kind of my sophomore year when the when the draft came around, I didn't. Um, you know, I had an idea of kind of, hey, like, this is what I'll sign for. This is kind of what I want to do. You know, I had talked to multiple different teams. Um, may, the Phillies and Brewers were kind of, I would say, most heavily involved probably my sophomore year um, with a few other teams like the Red Sox and Cubs coming, you know, uh, and, and talking. And it really just, just came down to the fact that when everything fell, in the draft and however the draft pulls fell and, you know, the way they contacted me and it, um, it just didn't, it just didn't work out that year. I, I think I, if I wanted to make it work out, I, I, I could have, um, mm -hmm. but I was very much uh, committed and excited to go to Tampa. So I, I was happy with, with either, with either option that, that ended up. Yeah. And Tampa so obviously I was, yeah. I was just very open-minded at the end of my sophomore year as to, yeah. as to kind of where I was going to continue. Um, playing baseball because at that I had the opportunity to go to Tampa. Um, yeah, and Tampa's an incredible school, like a baseball school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, uh Tampa's a, a fan, fantastic program. Um that was a great that was a great experience and a great team. Um yeah, I I will say any day of the week that we would have won the the national championship that year. Um obviously you didn't get to see it play out with right. COVID, but um we had we had a great team. Yeah. Um, so of, of all those teams that you were playing for, um, all three of them, like did it, I guess not not ACC. So we talked about that, but your Jugo schools, were there anybody from those schools who also got drafted um, or signed maybe as as unfree agent, unsigned free agents as well? Uh, yeah. So um, we had I believe there were from that team that I was on at Central Florida. There's now five guys okay. that are playing that either played or are playing professionally mm -hmm, still mm -hmm. um, through either the draft or undrafted free agent contracts. Um, and uh, Tampa, I believe there's two other guys right now. And hopefully more, hopefully more after this year's draft cycle. Yeah. And I guess the Tampa, Tampa, they're a really good team. They obviously compete every year for that, the, uh, the conference championship. Um, so in 2020, obviously COVID happened and it's still happening. And, um who knows when it's gonna be over to be to be honest i guess it just never seems to hopefully, stop hopefully hopefully soon but hope yeah fingers <laughs> crossed and yeah. knock on wood hopefully it's soon but um obviously you were kind of a victim of of covid just because the draft uh obviously went down to five rounds and um at what point when the draft was over did the brewers reach out to you like how long did it take for them to be like okay you're our guy we would have drafted you we kind of been watching you for a while now like we want you on our team. Um, so I had gotten a call um, the day the signing period opened um, from the Brewer Scout saying, "Hey, you know, I'm pulling for you with everybody. I'm talking to everybody. Um, you know, I'm trying to bring you in. We want to bring you in, type of thing. Um, mm -hmm. But we don't have an offer yet." Um, okay. And I think it was like a day or two, um, and he was like, "Hey, like I'm." doing my best, you know, doing my best, really, really, really pulling. They're yeah. liking everything. They're liking everything that they're seeing in here. And um, obviously with, 
with COVID and scouting, it was just a completely different ball game because yeah, everything's thrown off. Um, everything was thrown off. Um, you know, I don't, I only threw 35 innings at Tampa, you know, and, and some, some teams didn't know whether they were looking for me as a starter. Some teams didn't know a reliever, um, you know, and at the same time, MLB is implementing roster limits on these teams. Mm-hmm. So it, it was just kind of crazy. And, and um, they asked for some, some like throwing data because the only real data that I guess the Brewers had on me was, um, was from my time at Notre Dame, which didn't represent the, you know, the velocity or anything right, that, right. that I had improved upon in, in my junior year. And, you know, I sent over some, some reports and some data and it was within 30 minutes of me sending over the reports and, and data to them that uh, the scout called me back up and was like, Hey, um, you know, here's your undrafted offer. Yeah. That's incredible. How many other, were there other teams that are kind of having that similar conversation with you? Like we want to draft you or we want to sign you, but the same, same situation where they, they couldn't look at all your data. Um, in that period, it was, it was mostly the Yankees. Um, they, they had sent me, um, they actually like ran my advanced scouts at Tampa and had sent them to me and um, kind of sent me this really cool breakdown of, of my stuff and kind of what they were expecting, mm-hmm. expecting to do with me as, as kind of like a selling pitch. Um, but the Brewers got to me before. And honestly, I loved everything that the Brewers had to offer and everything that the team had to offer just from, um, the, the Brewers are very known for their pitching development and yes, everything right. that goes on. And, and that, and that for me was, was huge. And, um, the Brewers were looking at me as a starting pitcher too. So getting the opportunity to throw more innings and develop in a starter role, um, was also just huge, um, for me and, and wanting to sign. Yeah, that's incredible. And I'm glad you didn't sign with the Yankees. I mean, n- nothing against the Yankees. I mean, just being able to know that, you know, <laughs> hey, the Brewers I, here. I, yeah, I, I love, I love Milwaukee. Um, even though I haven't been yet, I can say I haven't been to Milwaukee. I drove through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love my time in Appleton and I love being up there. Yeah. We'll have to go to a game sometime. If, if the schedule lines up in Milwaukee, if you're out there in Appleton and the Brewers are playing in Milwaukee, hopefully this lockout is over. We'll see yeah. if we can try to get, get a, get a, get yeah, to a game. Fortunately, the minor league schedule has, has been pretty good with the six days on and, and one day off that Monday. That Monday off has really mm-hmm. been, for the most part, we don't. I think in I think in Appleton they travel a little bit more than they did in Carolina, just because of the league's um, kind of alignment. Um, so the travels might get in the way of that Monday off day. I think sometimes, mm-hmm. but well, if it works out, if it works out, we'll, yeah, we'll, see. No, we'll see what happens. Um, so, hey, do you think preparing or playing for the JUCO teams kind of prepared you for the life? And the grind that is the minor leagues, because the minor league system is a grind. Like your the travel is long, the bus rides are long, um, the lodging on road trips isn't always you know the best. Um, how was it kind of getting situated into that the minor leagues? Um, it, I I really I really enjoyed um, a lot of that, and that's kind of that's kind of that Juco mindset. Um, mm-hmm. Once you get down there, it is a little bit different breed of, of baseball player. Cause um, if you're going to a Juco, you're really going there for the baseball. You're going right. there to play baseball. So you run into a lot of people that love baseball. So, um, and when you're around that so much, it really kind of rubs off and, and, and mm. it creates this really good, really good energy of just 
you know, enjoying what you have. And, you know, we, the best, the, the best or funniest or whatever minor league hotel you want, um, uh, it's, we were in, we were in Kinston, North Carolina this year with the Mudcats. Um, and we stayed at this place called, uh, it was the Mother Earth Motor Lodge. Um, and it is this like retro 50s, 60s themed hotel, um, like polka dot, it, everything's to like the same, you know, it's like you walked into a, a movie set of like the 1950s. <clears throat> and, you know, it's not the most glamorous hotel. It's not the nicest, but it was just like, I would never have stayed at that place otherwise, you know, and I, after being there enough, I, I, I enjoyed my time there. <laughs> so it's kind of funny i can't even imagine walking into that if i was a baseball player walking into that i'd be like is this is this the best we can do like polka dots and like what <laughs> I, is going on I, here i mean i mean it, it's kind of funny um when we first got there like they had like um your classic original like mini golf course with um like it's not like the it's like standard miniature golf because there's all there's all different things but it's like with the just straight lanes, cut mm-hmm. corners, like kind of bounce it off things. So um, Evan Reifert and I, when we first got into to Kinston after that road trip, like after we got back from the one game or I think our game was rained out or something, I don't know how many holes of mini golf we played at that place because we just didn't want to go in the room. Yeah. So we just were outside. It was like 60 degrees. And um, we, play, we played, I, I want to say we played like 72 holes of mini golf. Jeez in like in like the evening <laughs> um just because we were just outside playing mini golf back and forth for so long that's awesome i mean who who, who won who won the majority of those games i think it was pretty even competition pretty even. yeah um we both we both golfed together in carolina so okay. so we were so we were used to each other like um, actual golfing not, not actual just, golf okay, yeah okay. not just mini golf yeah so okay. we the, i kept i kept telling him um, which he, he eventually, he got moved up to Wisconsin earlier than me, but, mm-hmm. um, I had to make a few more trips back there. He didn't, but I was, I was joking with him that I was going to bring my putter down next time on the road trip. So yeah. Yeah. So and get now, a leg up on him. Yeah, exactly. Now he's, uh, for Florida. Uh, no, Tampa Bay. He's, uh, yeah. Yeah, to he's, the Rays. he's with the Rays. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was talking to him maybe a couple of days ago, actually, I was just messaging him back and forth. I told him I want to have him back because he's, he's been on the podcast as well. I told him yeah. I have, need to have him back on, talk about the whole trade and kind of what that whole situation is. Cause uh, I, when, it, when the trade happened, I messaged him and said, dude, Tampa Bay, if they see you as a pitcher and they want you, they trade for you. Like they're a, they're similar to the Brewers. Like they develop pitching really well and they recognize yeah. talent. Uh, so I said, dude, congratulations, man. Cause like, you're going to, being the best situation not that he wasn't but I said, you're gonna be in a really good situation to uh succeed over there with tampa bay yeah i mean he's got he has some incredible stuff um just like his fastball slider combination mm-hmm. so i mean i'm pulling for him um all the time and you know i'm obviously not happy to see him go but yeah at the same at the same time it's like wherever his opportunity is going to be he's he's going to find it so i was yeah. i was happy for him so you you did you pitched well this season uh, for your first full professional season. Um, you were pitcher of the month in July. Uh, you I think you had forty five strikeouts um, and five appearances for Low A. Um, how was it pitching uh, over there in in uh, Low A in Bluxy? Oh, not or, Bluxy. In, sorry, yeah, uh, Carolina. Carolina. Uh, it was great. I love I love Carolina. 
Um, I love the staff that we had in Carolina. Um, I loved just that ballpark and, and that environment was mm-hmm. very good in Carolina. Um, we didn't have as many fans as, as Wisconsin. That's for sure. Appleton, Appleton draws a lot more fans, but, um, okay. Carolina was fun. And the team we had in Carolina was great, which, you know, most of that team in Carolina ended up was and ended up in Wisconsin at the end of the year. Um, so it's kind of like a Mudcat 2.0 in Appleton. Nice. Um, Carolina, Carolina was was a fun, and it was a it was a fun league because um, most of the travel was pretty short, um, and with the way the the schedule works, like you just get used to playing these teams over and over again. And um, you know, when you're pitching against the guy for the second time in two weeks, you know, you're facing him for the tenth mm-hmm. time in two mm-hmm. weeks, and it's like, okay, well, how am I going to get him out? How did I get him out last time? Um, you know, what's something new that he hasn't seen? You know, I have did a what did I do last time? What am I going to do this next time? So uh, a lot of that was like a very interesting challenge with the new rules of kind of how to throw to guys multiple, Mm -hmm. multiple times. I mean, it's kind of the same way in the big leagues, the way that they constantly play back and forth, but Mm -hmm. especially um, in division. Yeah. Especially in division. So it was kind of, I think from, obviously I can't speak to what minor league baseball was like prior to this past season, but I think at these, at least this year, it kind of like replicated that, I want to say like repetition of like facing guys and, and understanding for me, it was really understanding um, like the scouting reports later, later in the year, once we started to get some advanced numbers on guys mm-hmm. um, and understanding how to pitch to kind of my strengths to their weaknesses. Um, or sometimes you just got to go with your strengths and it's their strengths and whatever happens happens. Yeah. Oh, what was some, what was some of the uh, more interesting cities that you traveled to uh, this past season because obviously minor leagues these teams are located in a lot of them are in smaller towns smaller cities um sometimes in the middle of nowhere you talked about that hotel you stayed in or motel that you stayed in what was some of the cities that you visited that you think to yourself now i'll probably never go there again unless unless i'm playing baseball uh there's there's quite a few of them that i probably won't be back to um there's nothing wrong with any of them Mm -hmm. um I'm trying to think, um, you know, the one, the one that like, I really enjoyed going to, uh, in the Carolina league was Kannapolis, um, oh, okay. Kannapolis, North Carolina. Uh, they just had, they just put in a brand new ballpark. Um, the city was really cool. Our hotel, um, we had a holiday in and it was right next to like, you know, Dunkin' Donuts and everything else. So I could go and get a coffee in the morning. So it was great. Um, I really, I really like going to Kannapolis and um, Fayetteville was also really nice in North Carolina. Mm. Um, another brand new ballpark, kind of like the same thing, um, which the new the the new ballparks and the stuff over there were, were fantastic. Um, and then in Wisconsin, when we played, uh, it was Grand Rapids, I believe, Michigan, like our last series of the year. That was another really nice place to be um, just because – the ballpark was nice. Um, they had a lot. They had a decent amount of fans, like at that point in the year, mm-hmm. um, and I, they were vying to get in the playoffs, and we actually kept them out. Nice. So it was a fun series for us because yeah. um, we have we we weren't we weren't going to make the playoffs, but we weren't going to let them make the playoffs either. Yeah. So, it was so a fun series. Yeah. So just kind of looking back on your first full season of professional baseball. Um, you obviously you got moved up. How was it 
like how do you how do they tell you that you're getting moved up into to go to Appleton and uh, how was it that transition from from low way to high a um so so the finding out I got called up from low a um was unbelievable uh Joe Aralt was just amazing so I um I was pitching in, in down east in Kinston. So we were actually staying at that Mother Earth Hotel um, oh. against the Wood Ducks. And I, it, it was um, it was later in the, it was like the fifth inning for me. Um, it was hot. Um, I had thrown a decent amount of pitches. Um, and I think I, I started to lose like my control. And, and I was I was a little like... Um, you know, just, just missing. Like I wasn't missing by a lot, but I was just missing. I think I walked like one or two guys and it was like, okay, some, some things. So there's runners on second, third. I, I had two outs. Um, and, um, Acuna's brothers at the plate. Um, Ronald Acuna. Yes. Nice. Uh, yeah. So his, his brothers at the plate, um, faced him a bunch like throughout the year. You know, he got, he clipped me sometimes. I got him sometimes. So, He's at the plate, big spot in the game, um, and and A-Roll comes out, not my pitching coach, A-Roll comes out and kind of gives me this pep talk and is like, hey, like, you got it. You know, I'm I'm just like, hey, I want the ball type of type of deal. Like, mm-hmm, I'm not coming out mm-hmm. of this game. So he walks off the field. I end up I end up striking out um, Acuna, um, or his brother, and, and, I, and I get off the field, and Aral just grabs me and like kind of announces to everybody that hey like I'm going to high A like in the middle of the game it was it was really like it was a surreal wow. experience um, like as soon as I got off the mound so I'm like just pumped up that I got out of the inning and yeah. then like I just get hit with this like hey you're going to Wisconsin wow that's incredible and um, yeah so like he he did a great job of just making it a special moment for me um, it's just unbelievable yeah uh, so and then as far as like getting to Wisconsin. Getting to Wisconsin was a little bit. Um, was How's a little that process bit of, of transferring? Yeah, so I I kind of like went back after that night. Um, our strength coach drove me back, drove me back to our um, or my uh, our our locker room in Carolina, so mm-hmm. that we could so I could get all my stuff and get my car and start my drive up to up to Wisconsin. Um, and then the next. The next day, I get this phone call that um, my roommate uh, had COVID. Oh, as I was driving to Wisconsin, you, your roommate in in Carolina, in Carolina, okay, had COVID. So I'm driving to Wisconsin. So now I'm like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. So they're, they're kind of calling me to try to get me a test on the road. So mm-hmm. I, you know, long story short, I, I got up there, had to quarantine for a few days, um, didn't get COVID, and okay. and then uh, went into my next start. So how was it looking for a place to live then? Because you went from having your place in Carolina. Um, did you have to like, you know, ask around like, hey, who has a who has a bed open or how did that work? Um, so some so some guys um, that got moved up had different um, places. Fortunately, they had a like team hotel um, deal in Wisconsin where um, so I was able to have a roommate um, and then we kind of split the hotel up and then had a little bit of a kickback um, from the brewers so that we so that we were just kind of splitting the room. Um, so I just was in a hotel. I, I think I was in a hotel. I stayed at a hotel in Carolina too. Um, so I stayed at a hotel starting in March and didn't get done staying in a hotel till 
I want to say like end of September. Wow. So I was just in hotels like the whole summer, um, the whole, almost the whole spring and the whole summer. Um, so it was really, it was really like, you know, just packing up, moving, packing up, moving. Um, so my car was like my house. I had all my stuff yeah. in my car. Man, that gets to be hard though. Who was, uh, who was your roommate in Appleton? Uh, in Appleton, it was TJ Shook. Okay. Okay. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. And in so, Carolina, it was, uh, ha- uh, Ken Hasler. Okay. So, um, obviously you, you pitched well, I think you had 128 Ks your first season between low A and high A. Um, how do you feel your first professional season went? Um, I, I think, I think it went really well. Um, you know, I'm really happy with the strikeout numbers, obviously. Um, there's a few other things that like looking at, looking back on it, um, that I'm really glad that I learned and that I'm really glad that I can, um, you know, kind of act upon in this next year. Um, Cause especially, especially your first year and especially coming off of a year with no baseball mm-hmm. um, is this just this huge learning curve. So understanding, you know, understanding both professional baseball and then understanding, Hey, I haven't pitched in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so coming off of that and, and really trying and really taking a lot of the lessons that were learned last year into, into this year, um, and, you know, obviously, obviously hoping to do even better. So, yeah, no, for sure. And I, I think you're, you're doing well. Like, obviously, like I've been watching kind of your, your start from, from Carolina to Appleton. Um, I was actually talking to, uh, Justin Jarvis not too long ago and I had asked him in Appleton, I said, who puts on a show during batting practice? And of course he said, Weimer, jo- uh, Gray, um, Dillard puts on an absolute show. Um, watching from the bullpen or, you know, while you're, or before you're not during your pitching time, but just watching your team, um, hit and, and have the red bats. Cause obviously that Appleton team is pretty stacked with a lot of good talent. Yeah. Um, how is it just watching all these guys play? Uh, well, you stand close to the warning track, especially when you're in check <laughs> and BP. <laughs> um, uh, but no, getting, a, getting to watch those games. So I, one thing that I loved about this year's schedule was that, you know, I, I'd essentially, the way, the way the schedule works and the way everything, I would go in and I would get all my work done. Everything that I had to do for the day would be done, shower, change, and then I'd just become a fan in the dugout. And, you know, I'm a good fan because I'm watching and I'm tracking and I'm right, trying right. to learn from what's going on. So I'm a very attentive fan. Um but I just get to sit back and enjoy enjoy what awesome. happens on the field and enjoy what happens to the team. So I, I love the and, – and the way the schedule works, like a lot of times I would only be pitching once a week. Um, so you pitch in that series and and then you and then you kind of like – you get a little bit of a, of a breather kind of once you're done pitching to like say, okay, say that next night, you know, I'm, I'm able to kind of relax a little bit and really and really enjoy kind of what's going on on the field. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, no, my mind went blank. I was going to ask something. I had a question ready to go, loaded. <laughs> um, wow, I can't even think. My mind's completely blank now. Oh well. Okay, so um, pitching, pitching in Appleton, and obviously watching this team play. Um, have you did, have you watched much of the the Brewers uh, in the big uh, big team and the, the success that they've had? obviously not getting as far as we wanted them to get losing to Atlanta, but like, do you watch yeah. that team at all? Um, 
as much as it can, it's, t- it's tough because honestly, a lot of times we play at the same time. That's true. Yeah. Um, if the Even. brewers are, if the brewers are playing and they're in the afternoon and we're at night, it's on the TV in the clubhouse, nice. um, you know, and especially in the playoffs, you know, all eyes are on them. And so it's, it's fun getting a chance to, to look at that team and, and be like, well, I'm in high A, so we're in, we're in mm-hmm. the pathway to get, to get to, <laughs> To that team and, and help contribute so that's yeah. obviously the goal yes yeah. so what do you do in the locker room when you're when you're just hanging out there like what what do you do you play cards or what kind of who who controls who's the like the locker room guy like the glue guy in that in the appleton locker room uh in appleton this past year um there, and, and what i what i love about um professional baseball especially is all the different personalities from all the different Right. places and everything you get mixed into the locker room every day. And it's, it's really, really cool. Um, you know, Weimer's really good in the locker room. Uh, Weimer's great to be around. Um, Joe Gray's great in the locker room. Um, I'm trying to think of um, some other names to, to kind of like come to mind. Um, but just that, just that whole dynamic is, is really fun to like get to go to, you know, essentially work every day mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with, with, the, with these, with the teammates. Um, and it's fun to get, because that's, you know, that's kind of like our office area. I don't know. Yeah. Kind of. Right. Right. No, for sure. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a lot, so, it's more fun it's, than yeah. my office area for yeah, sure. It's, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely really funny to think that like, Hey, this is actually my job. Um, yeah. you know, and some, and sometimes, sometimes you really have to treat it that way because you have to, you have to like dial in and focus on, mm-hmm. on what you have to do. And, you know, it's not, it's not always fun, but it's always enjoy Like it's always mm-hmm. enjoyable, you know, there's, cause there's always, Hey, I might find something new or I might find yeah. something that will help the team win, or I might find something that will fix this, you know, and it's not always fun to do those things, but it's, it's an enjoyable process through and through. Yeah. Um, how, how long did it take for it to settle in that you were actually a professional baseball player, especially after sitting out a year, um, going from college to college, um, yeah, through three different colleges or, and the university that you played for, at what point did it like just settle in? Like, um, I finally kind of made it where I've been trying to make it since, you know, <laughs> since I was young. Yeah. I, I still can't believe it. So, you know, I, I believe that I'm in the position and, and, and everything Mm -hmm. else. And I believe I'm a professional baseball player, but sometimes, you know, you walk in to the, to the complex each day and you go about your business and you're like, wow, I really get to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, and it really, you know, especially for me, I just, I just try to keep it in perspective because I just really enjoy being, being where my feet are and and enjoying what I get to do each day, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, play baseball, practice baseball, talk baseball, talk about the brewers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so so it's really it's really fun and, and I really enjoy, you know, everything about it. That's incredible. Was there anybody who kind of took you under their wing and kind of like showed you the ropes either in Carolina or Appleton or even both? Yeah, I was I was fortunate enough to have great relationships with the staff at, at both of those um, locations, you know, to talk to have great great feedback from pitching coaches and the organization to have great feedback from the coordinators to have great feedback from teammates or, you know, I, 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 the person that comes to mind would, um, as far as like 
this is a little bit different than the question you asked, but sure. um, okay. you know, <clears throat> if if uh, Zamora was behind me at shortstop, if Freddie Zamora was behind me at shortstop, and he would he would come to me every once in a while and he'd be like, "Hey man, that change is nasty." Then I knew I had a good changeup that day. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, that's kinda, good enough. That's, it a, that's a good answer. Like, it was just kind of some cool, like little, like some some cool little things that when you're on a team or when you're around somebody for that long, it's like, hey, like him coming up to me and saying that, like, all right, I got it. But mm-hmm. you know, it's just a little extra. It's just a little extra kind of confidence boost, especially in game. You know, it's really cool. Um, so stuff like that, and then obviously on the data and analytics side from from coaches and, mm-hmm. you know, and then especially I think a lot of the brewer staff does a good job of mixing kind of, you know, Hey, we have all these numbers. We have all this analytics. We have all this data. We know what you do. We know what the other team does, but Hey, you just got to go out and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times, especially in Wisconsin, I had a lot of great conversations that, you know, helped out on the execution part um, mm-hmm. for me. Awesome. Well, let, let's end with this. Like, what are you looking for in your second uh, season uh, of professional baseball? Is there something you're where I know you were in that the camp and trying to improve there. Um, what is maybe some personal goals that you set for yourself or that you're in your, that you're hoping to achieve uh, this upcoming season? Um, you know, I think, I think there's a lot of things that I want to achieve this season. Um, the main, the main thing that I try to just focus on, um, is just trying to be consistent. Um, you know, it's, it's, that's for me, that's the most important thing is one of the, I I try to keep everything kind of process oriented and kind of focus on really what's going to help, what's going to help me get there is what I do each day. So, Mm -hmm. um, my main goals for this year are to be more consistent, both like from a routine perspective, from a start to start perspective, from a velocity perspective in game. Um, I want, I want stuff to be consistent. I want to work off that. And I really want to build upon each start um, and kind of learn more as this year goes on, because I don't, not to say it's, not to say it's, it gets any easier in year two, but a lot of the first stuff is over with your first start Mm -hmm. is over with your first, debut at least at the minor league level is over with so it's a lot more a lot more chance to breathe and a lot more chance to really to really hone in on on what you're doing and focus on you know what's going to help what's going to help you what's going to help your team and hopefully what helps the brewers in the long term absolutely man i'm i'm excited i'm hyped up to see what you do brandon uh like i said a friend of the show been here before it's been a while but i'm glad we have you back on uh, we'll have to have you back on more often. Um, I got to get your roommate on, Josh Shapiro. You got to yeah. let him know. Just kind of yeah, mention it. Be sure. like, oh, you haven't been on the podcast yet? Like, really? All right. Well, <laughs> you're missing out. You know, just kind of throw For out sure. the seeds. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got you there. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Well, hey, I will let you go, Brandon. Um, I will be watching you. Hopefully, hopefully, double A is kind of in the future here soon. We yeah. Kind of see mean, you make that next step. That's obviously the goal. Yeah. Really cool. All right, Brandon, you have a great night, man. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.